Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Science, the show that breaks down the science of television and movies with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we're discussing Dr. Pimple Popper. So I'll ask about acne, boils, and yeah, pimples. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I've got two wonderful guests joining me today. My first guest is a comedian, actress, writer, and host of the beauty podcast, Natch Butte. Welcome to the show, Jackie Johnson. Hi. How's it going, Jackie? Good. I guess good, the bad, and the science. Which one am I? Am I the bad? You're the good. I'm the bad, but it's cool. It's like the Michael Jackson bad, like a jazz oh, cat yeah. bad. Bad means good. Um, no, I thank you for being here. Your your podcast is unbelievable. Obviously, everyone should listen to it if they don't. And this is really exciting. You've actually had our, our second guest, which I'm about to introduce, on your podcast. So you guys kind of go back. We go back to about a year ago, and it's very exciting. Wow. Okay, that is very cool. And before we get to her, I wanted to ask you... I. This was my first time watching Dr. Pimple Popper, okay? And and from what I know about you, I just kind of assumed that you had seen this before. Am I right about that? I had witnessed a lot of her YouTube. Okay. I was an early adapter, I would say, to, to mm. Dr. Pimple Popper. But the show was a whole other world, and I cannot wait to discuss it. <laughs> great okay me too i have a lot of questions and i was blown away by it i i was scared going into it mm -hmm. i almost like this was one of the things i was like i don't know if i even want to watch this but i know that i have to for the podcast but it turned out i freaking loved it and i was like cringing and enjoying it at the same time is a really unique experience this yes. show i completely yeah. agree it's a feel-good show it's a totally a feel-good show and the star dr sandra lee is mind-blowing she's incredible i loved her oh she, she's she's so pretty and fun and sweet and soothing has such a great bedside manner is yeah. funny I, i'm yeah no wonder she's a star she's a total star and yes. speaking of which we got another star in the program i think i should introduce her she's our second guest she's a clinical researcher a published author and board certified dermatologist with over 40 years of experience welcome to the show dr loretta seraldo Thank you, thank you, Ethan. And I got to tell you, I'm very similar to Jackie. I had actually seen so much YouTube because so many of my teenage patients would be watching it in the waiting room. I'd call them in and they'd say, watch this with me. But I watched the, the episode now uh, of Pimple Popper and I think she is so kind, so talented. And I think that it's just going to give so much hope to so many people. I'm in love with the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, me too. And uh, and I'll be totally honest with you guys, totally transparent. I cried a little bit during this episode. I'm not going to oh. lie to you. I got teary-eyed. I I've was, again, just blown away that she's able to, like, really, like, 180 shift these people's lives. Yes. What sign are you, Ethan? I'm assuming a very sensitive sign. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it's sensitive, but I'm a Taurus. Oh, huh. my oh, ex-husband's a Taurus. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we can get into uh, Zodiac signs uh, another episode. Yes, we'll have I agree. You back. We need to stay on topic here. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try our best. Yes. Um, and, and before we... Uh, we go right into this episode. I, I was visiting your website, uh, Dr. Loretta, and 
I quickly started freaking out because it seems like there's a lot of ways in which the world is destroying my skin. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you about that first. Like, what do you think is the number one skin killer? Ooh, can I take a guess? Oh, take it. Okay, I love go that we ahead. have two go experts Jackie. on the show today. I'm not, this an, is I am not an expert. Yeah, right. Well, you've got skin, well, Jackie. I am a Dr. So Loretta go. Stan, and <laughs> I would like to think enemy number one is the sun. Am I right? Okay, very interesting. Okay. Sounds like you're right. Well, this yeah. is it. Just <laughs> exposure to external stuff. So, Jackie, every dermatologist, at least in America, would love your answer. Your own dermatologist would love it because what we see is that skin that gets exposed to the sun, it ages. And, you know, I look at a 90-year-old's buttocks and they look like they're 30. But now oh. we sort of realize, hey, pollution... <laughs> You know, right? But pollution probably causes more age spots, more wrinkles, deeper creases. I mean, there's studies showing it. So it's just we've got a lot of harsh environmental stuff going on. Pollution's worse indoors than outdoors. So uh, I sort of, you know, if only it's it's very interesting because I'm a real believer in masks, right, for COVID. And I've got to tell you, although some people who are acne prone are getting some acne under their mask, all the people who are coming in to see me for other issues, when they take off their mask, their skin is looking better than ever because it's been so covered from all those environmental Whoa. aggressors. So, Ethan, I hope that was a good enough answer, but it's really like a lot of things. It's it's pollution. It's It's all the irritants that we women tend to overdo and put on our face. Women well, a lot it's more an, than it's men. It's an excellent answer. You don't have to and, worry about uh, that. I'm a absolute schmuck. So anything you say, I would just <laughs> believe it. Um, but uh, but oh, I, I was concerned about one of the things you said, which was that the, the pollution is worse inside than outside. Can you mm. elaborate on that? So, you know, the thing is that there have been, first of all, the, uh, the World Health Organization has cited that we have higher levels of indoor pollution than outdoor. Some of it depends on where you live. So, for instance, if you're making a fire in your home, it's absolutely terrible. And a lot of people on other continents do need to cook by fires in their home. But paint gives off pollution particles. Oh, no. Dust mites are absolutely awful you know every night we're putting our head into a pillowcase filled with dust mites that just carry so oh many microscopic pollutants uh there's just there's so so much uh pollution indoors and a lot of times we only think of it if we pass some kind of factory that's you know letting out all these billows of gas we think oh that's the pollution uh-uh so we've got to really you know the, the great I don't only like to talk about problems. I like to talk about solutions. So really, pollution causes all of these unsightly things like the age spots because of free radicals. And antioxidants are the absolute best thing. You know, cover yourself with some vitamin C in your products. It, it'll make a huge difference. And so as long as you sort of understand, hey, this is the problem, but there are great solutions. I'm getting rid of my pillow now. Uh, that's all I know. Keep on changing your pillowcase. Use all free and clear okay. detergent. Okay. I was going to ask about that because you mites. did kind of, again, freak me out about this pillow thing. Like, should I? how often should I be washing? I try to do sheets once a week. Is that inadequate? Same. 
Yeah, but your pillowcase, especially your pillowcase, because it's your mm-hmm. face that gets exposed to all the crap during Ooh. the day, right? How often should I be changing the pillowcase I use exclusively for my ass? Because you had said a 30-year-old ass on a 90-year-old. I yeah, treat my ass like I treat my face. Listen, I live in South yes. Beach. So actually, if you see a lot of backsides in South Beach. Dr. Loretta, I want nothing more than to go to South Beach and wear a thong and go rollerblading down the strip. That's my next vacation. Let's all do it together. I'm from Miami, so it'll be a nice trip home for me. And then ah. we can all, you know, compare exactly how aged our bottoms are. Yes. Oh, for this science. Is so up my yeah. alley. No, that is very interesting <laughs> that, yeah, like because you cover something, it's a lot less exposed, I guess, to all of these irritants, right? Okay. There you go. We are here, of course, to discuss Dr. Pitbull Popper, the episode one, which is entitled uh, The Lupoma Whisperer, uh, which, of course, you can only watch on Discovery Plus. And obviously, the only way to do that is to go to discoveryplus.com slash goodbadscience and start your seven-day free trial. But we all know that. Um, and speaking of things we all know or want to know, I figured we might start with some very common questions. I wanted to know what the common commonly overlooked uh, causes or triggers for acne are? First of all, very commonly overlooked is look in the mirror. Okay. If you're, if you're listening to this, see if you can pull out your mirror or your iPhone or something. If your acne is especially around the rim of your face, maybe under your chin, going down your neck, almost, I'd say I see this all the time. It's probably hair care ingredients that are clogging up your pores because, you know, the T-zones where all the oil glands are that cause acne. And there are very few oil glands around the rim of the face. And yet I'd say about, I don't know, I'd say 40% of all the acne I see in women is around the rim. I have them switch some hair care products and uh, it's, it's like magic using clearer products, using a, um, a shampoo that has salicylic acid in it because that little residue that it leaves on your hair actually helps clear up your acne. So that's one thing, your hair care. Next thing is sometimes it is diet. Sodas, even diet soda is crap for your skin. Mm. Uh, It's interesting with dairy. Milk is no good for most people who are breaking out. Even skim milk isn't good, but things like yogurt are actually okay. Hmm. So, you know, you and then I, I usually say to people, as far as diet goes, it's really a good idea to try to skip the sodas, sweets. I'm sorry to say, you know, a lot of sugar is no good. <laughs> and, and if you can, you can sort of look up low glycemic index stuff like, you know, I like to do just for my own health. I like to use agave instead of sugar, stuff like that. So if you try to cut out milk, sugary stuff, and all sorts of soda for about six weeks. If your acne gets better, then you better stay on it. If it doesn't change at all, then probably you're not somebody who's that diet sensitive with your acne. The other big thing that's just part of being human is picking, right? So a lot of people, their acne is so perpetuated because they keep on picking and they don't give it a chance to heal. Okay, you're saying no milk, no soda, no sugar. I mean, what's left to eat? What's veggies, left to eat, Dr. Veggies, Loretta? Veggies, Anything? That's veggies. my whole diet. Veggie, veggie, veggie. I'm going to waste away. You know, I'm 100% Italian. I have know. a question, Dr. Loretta. My husband lets my dog lick his face. I don't. 
Is this causing acne? Because I feel it's disgusting. And I don't want to be judgmental, but her breath smells like a rotting right. body. Is this a, right. is this an acne causer, would you say? All right. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing that I do know. I, I, I'm sorry to say I think the answer is no. Okay. Wow. One thing I'm going to tell you from my history, like 40 years ago, 1979, 43 years ago, I was an intern at a hospital in Greenwich Village, New York, pre-AIDS. And we had a lot of guys come in with human bites. So we'd have to ask them. They'd have a bite. We'd say, is it a dog bite? If it's a dog bite, we could sew it up. If it's a human bite, we cannot put in stitches because human mouths are so much filthier than animal mouths. Therefore, if you don't want your husband to be getting licked by a dog, then you've really got to stop putting your tongue into his mouth. So this so is my the fault. The answer is let the poor guy have his okay. dog wow. lick his face. Say no more. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm forever changed by that comment. I'm afraid to ask, but like, why is our why are our mouths so much dirtier than an animal's mouth? They don't they just like lick the floor? Yeah, I watch my dog do some pretty ungodly Isn't things. Isn't it with crazy? Her mouth. I know. I, I really don't know the answer for that. It's wild. I guess that they've just got some better intrinsic balance. Their mouth microbiome better than ours. Oh, okay. Um, one of these uh, <laughs> common questions I was I was looking up was overwashing. People were concerned about you know washing too much and that how that could make acne worse. So is that the case? Okay. So part of it depends on what you're washing with, right? Okay. I think right now I'm trying to tell everybody don't use too much antibacterial soap anywhere but on our hands, mm -hmm. right? For COVID, it's super important. But we don't want to be doing that on our faces. The reason for that is we do have this thing called the healthy skin microbiome. And that really even helps us to have some bacteria that are going to stop the overgrowth of the bacteria that cause acne. So the one thing is, don't use any antibacterial soap on your face. Second thing is, if you use a soap that dries you out, and some acne ingredients like benzoyl peroxide, some people find that very drying. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a lot of salicylic, a lot of AHA. If you dry out your skin too much with an acne cleanser, or honestly, any kind of acne gel or whatever, then your skin tries to overcompensate by making too much of the acne-producing oils. Good rule of thumb is a couple of times a day, if you've gone to the gym or you're doing sports or something like this, you might have to add on a third time. But but you've got to find the right gentle cleanser. Sometimes you're better off with a non-acne cleanser so that you don't overdo it, the dryness. Okay, very cool. So it's a, it's a morning and night thing. Or if you're, you know, rollerblading down South Beach, maybe throw one in the middle of the day. There you go. Okay. That makes sense. And I have to ask about sunscreen. Uh, if people are just listening to this and not watching, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very white, 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 white man. And I burn pretty easy. And I have to wear sun. I try to put it on almost every day. And sometimes I get in my Great. head of like, am, is that right? Am I doing this too often? Is there a, you know, a consequence to this? Yeah. 
Okay, so first thing I want to say is I love the idea of just putting it on every morning because we dermatologists say that so much, even skin cancer and sun damage, is from what we call the incidental exposures, right? You thought you were going to be home all day, but, you know, you went out to walk the dog. You thought it would be 10 minutes, but you ran into a neighbor. You went to get the mail, some errands around, whatever. So it's super important to just put on some sunscreen in the morning. And as far as which one? It's got to be one you like. If you don't like the smell of it, the texture, how it looks on your skin. For guys, Ethan, I usually say go out and buy three or four at the drugstore. And whichever one really makes you feel good, that's the one you should continue to okay, use. Okay, cool. I, I got one that a marine biologist recommended on this show because it didn't have some sort of chemical, which, of course, now I'm forgetting the name. But I did make sure to write it down mm-hmm. and purchase that one then you know if you go out in the sun with a sunscreen product on and you don't get pink at all that means it's protecting your skin dr loretta i have a question uh, on this topic so the the gen z they love sunscreen and now i'm on tiktok all the time talking about it they're saying we got to reapply to every two hours all day long even if i'm not going outside do i need to be reapplying dr loretta i mean i have windows in my damn house So the thing is, most sunscreen ingredients, the active ingredients get altered Mm -hmm. by the sun, by UV. If you're outdoors, apply it every two hours. Otherwise, I find it really terrible overkill to tell people to keep on reapplying. But I do have to tell you, our FDA requires that on every sunscreen product, it does say repeat every two hours. But that's just if you're outside. I literally have a, I have sprays of sunscreen. They're everywhere. I, I also love that you, you know, the, the sun protective clothing, the UPF clothing, because sometimes you really can't remember or you get a little streak where you missed a spot and mm-hmm. you get a red streak down your arm. Ten years later, you might come in with a skin cancer. So the clothing's great. Wow. Okay. Yeah, definitely do not want that. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Okay, and then I wanted to ask about face masks, these things that there's millions of different kinds and different ingredients that are in them. You see them at the stores, like when you're checking out, they have these thin bags. I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Sheep masks. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So, you know, and and maybe Jackie, you can answer this also. If there's one that you love in particular or you think works more than another one, where, where do we fall on this? Well, I think sheet masks are a fun experience, but they're not going to do anything for your skin. I would love Dr. Loretta's expert opinion on this. Wow. Okay. So you're calling sheet masks out. Yes. You're calling out big this sheet masks. This is a masks. hot topic in my life. This comes up all the time in my personal life, in my professional life. Okay. Dr. Loretta, what do you think? Well, let me tell you, I'm 68. I take great care of my skin. I've never used one Whoa. my whole life. I agree, Jackie. Yeah. They're fun. They're fun, you know. They're okay. So fun, but you. I mean, this is this is breaking news. This is huge. This is big. Uh, sheet masks <laughs> are fake. Fake news. <laughs> well, no, I don't want to say fake. If you've got one, you use it, and it, you know, it makes you feel nicer. Great, you get a little better absorption of active ingredients. But I think that it's. I think it's a great marketing right. thing. Okay. Not to keep bringing up butts, but it is sort of a through line at this point. They now make sheet masks oh my god and i have i have bought them and 
my butt didn't look any younger. In this episode we watched, we learned about some things that, uh, I got to be honest, I did not know anything about, had never heard of, okay? Uh, uh, different kinds of cysts, boils, uh, keloids I didn't know about, which were these like crazy looking like balls that have happened on your ears apparently most of the time. And before we get into exactly what these things are, I was actually curious if these types of skin issues have been plaguing the human race forever, or if there's some reason that it's more of a modern uh, thing. And and if so, like, how were they treated in the past? Because I, for some reason, I got hit with this visual that, like, societies, ancient societies would, would sentence people to, to a stoning that had these kinds of things, you know? So... I think that they've always existed. I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't around a hundred years ago, maybe close to it, but you know, but uh, I think that um, it, one thing that I love about the Dr. Pimple Popper show is that so much of the time when dermatology is the topic, everything is about looking beautiful and being Botoxed and, you know, having filler under your eyes and all of this. And I think that this show is very compassionate and it really shows these are things that I see in my practice, you know, not that infrequently, not the seatosystoma, that that's a pretty rare thing. Keloids wow. are not uncommon. Cysts, boils, lipomas, you know, sometimes when someone comes in and they, they're just so upset that they've got a lipoma, I will share with them that in my experience, it seems like almost everybody eventually can get a little lipoma or cyst sometime in their lives. Sometimes things like cysts just go away on their own. But I think that it's part of the human experience. What I totally love about the show is how receptive Dr. Lee is, that she walks in. I, I think it's especially wonderful that she introduces herself as Sandra mm -hmm. so that they're peers. She's there's in no way is she condescending, is she authoritative, and she shows compassion. So I think it's wonderful for the patients that she's seeing, but I think it's also so wonderful for viewers to really realize, you know, for instance, I think the magnitude of some of what she sees, um, you know, certainly the, the gentleman with the big cyst on his forehead, the lady with the huge lipoma, mm -hmm. even the two, uh, you know, the, the keloids on both ears. In each case, I think that those patients waited a little bit longer than people normally do. I think they probably have a lot of reasons. You know, uh, some could be embarrassment, shame, uh, loss of pay if they take off from work not enough good access to affordable health care, all of this. But I think for people to get to see this and to see, like like I was sort of saying before, so important not only to see the problem, but to be see the solution to problems. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. I feel exactly the same. And, and yeah, it was, I guess that's what drew me in emotionally was these people are searching for a solution, but either can't find one or are, yeah, too ashamed to, um, the medical uh, part of it was really tough for me to swallow just, you know, cause we all have people in our lives that, you know, need medical attention, but you know, it's too expensive for them or, you know, the doctor tells them I can't operate because X, Y, Z. Um, so it was in incredible that they were able to, through the show, find Dr. Sandra Lee. And she was able to tell them like, oh yeah, actually, 
this is the biggest thing I've ever seen. But since I'm a super specialist, I'm going to help you out today. And, and immediately started, you know, uh, doing surgery and, and getting rid of it. I mean, it's truly, yeah, it was really mesmerizing to watch. But yeah, let's, let's get into what these things are. Because again, this was completely new to me. I was shocked. Uh, the first one, I think, is the lupoma, if I'm pronouncing that correct. Right. Lipoma. Uh-huh. Oh, lipoma. Okay. Lie. Uh-huh. I got you. And so this... My lipoma. <laughs> I had to. I, I had to. I might I might have to even put some music behind that. We'll we'll see. I could write a whole cover. <laughs> I write covers from Renan Tribute. I could do a whole cover. Oh, sick. Yes, great. <laughs> What's um, that on my so... neck? On my neck. What's that on my neck? Could it could it could it be my lipoma? <laughs> It's wow. really good. Uh, and it could be your lipoma. It could be. Uh, because, yeah, that, that's what happened. She had a, like, really enormous lump on her neck slash back. It was, like, moving towards her back. So can you tell us what that is, how it forms? How common is it? Oh, another great question. Sure. Do Ethan and I both have one right now in our bodies waiting to come? Well, let me put yes. this way. And- I've had one. No, they're not that uncommon at all. Um, a lot of times if they're on our back, like mine, I never even noticed until one day I had on sort of a tight sweater. And my husband said, Loretta, you've got this little lump on your back, right? And I think that's sort of the unfortunate thing, too, that when something starts in an area that we don't visualize, it can grow, right? So it's not at all an uncommon thing. What's a little extraordinary about this particular one is that typically, even if they're left there, and I was in the office yesterday and a patient came in and she's had one for a couple of years and it's about the size of um, an olive, right? Mm. So I scheduled her to remove it, right? And she'd had it already for a couple of years. The patient that is in this episode was unfortunate enough that in five years it grew to be tremendous, right? Um, mm-hmm. But so I think it's it's also sort of important if you do get a lump to go to the doctor to be sure that it is, you know, maybe you don't even want to have it removed. It might be in a funny spot or you just don't care that much, but you really do need to be sure that, and you know, of course I have the prejudice that should be a board certified dermatologist who's going to assess this and see, is this benign? Is this very typical? Can there just be the clinical diagnosis? Does it need a biopsy? Hey, why not excise it to go over all of that? Right, because she even said she went to the doctor and they sent her to a plastic surgeon. So clearly whoever diagnosed her wasn't Dr. Loretta. But Miss Jackie, this is what I do have to say, Miss Jackie. Mm -hmm. There are very few dermatologists, Dr. Lee's. Her talent, that lipoma was so big that if she had come into me, that patient, I probably would have sent her to a surgeon, not necessarily a plastic surgeon, because I would have had like a little bit of a fear, gee, if I get into that and it's sitting on some big blood vessel and I get into that blood vessel or whatever, I think it must be said that Dr. Lee really has advanced surgical Mm -hmm. skills. So, you know, when it comes to the size of things that she will remove, just right in her exam room, uh, you know, I, I think that if, if, viewers are listening or if if people are listening to this and they've got something big and extraordinary if it's really big and extraordinary i think you should try to really reach out to pimple popper Mm -hmm. right Uh, but 
typically, if it is big and you want to go to your local doctor, your dermatologist who you trust, right? And most younger doctors, even I am also a dermatologic surgeon, okay? But I think you've got to ask, hey, have you had a lot of experience removing things of this size? Yeah. Dr. Loretta, do you think if she hadn't have gotten it removed that it would have continued to grow all yes. the way like a turtle shell almost? Absolutely, from the history she gave. Wow. I mean, that was just five years, and it was massive. So wait a second. What is in there, Dr. Loretta, and how is it growing? Yeah, it looked like chicken, raw chicken. Jackie, thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's you thanking the thing, her saying You know, that? my four kids are all vegetarians. Yes, I am right? too. Because, you know, yeah. really, you're right. That, that sounded yeah. like a veggie comment, right? <laughs> because actually, our fat cells mm. are just like animal fat cells. Yeah. And we are, you know, we're mammals, right? You and me, so baby, what, ain't nothing about mammals. And I like the word cheese cloning. Yeah, that's another good song. But really, all it is is just these. I love how she put it. It's fat cells that sort of keep on cloning themselves and just this mass of fat cells, sort of like encapsulated. It is when we go to take them out. I, I always say to patients, oh, I feel like I'm delivering a little baby here, you know, a little fat because cell they just baby. plop out the way that you saw it. You know, you make a little, there you go. You make a little incision and boom, sometimes you have to press it a little like you saw yeah. and it will pop out beautifully. So why is it cloning itself like that? What what happens? Is, is, is that just like an evolutionary, like that's all that it is, you know, programmed to do? Well, you know, I think that there's got to be some malfunction of a, a, a gene, sort of really the gene that would normally just halt replication, just sort of stops working. And so, you know, typically we've got a certain number of fat cells, something goes wrong. The beauty of it, and I think what was important for this patient to realize too, is these are totally benign, right? But just like I've got to say, Dr. Lee, just like she said, we always have to send it to pathology to be positive that there wasn't something else awry. Mm -hmm. But these are these are always benign. And yeah, I think it's just some gene got turned off where there was some kind of genetic message mm. that just got missed that, you know, we were replicating the fat cells, time to shut it off. Hey, this just didn't shut off. That's That to me sounds like the most accurate description for a lot of these issues. Like as I was watching, it just seemed like, because I mean, you know, we've all had these things where you go to the doctor and for whatever reason, the doctor tells you like, yeah, we don't know what this is or why this is happening, but that's that's what's up. And that that what you said for me really pinpointed the the answer right where it's just like something went a little bit wrong and we have to get rid of it and hopefully it doesn't come back yes and for people to realize it's nothing that they did mm -hmm. you know it, it wasn't what they ate or that they gained weight nothing like that all right we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back the break is over here we go back to the show about science what about boils? Can you tell me what these boils are? A, a gentleman named Taj, who was adorable and I absolutely uh, loved, came in and he had what I believe are the uh, boils, as they described, like on his uh, chest. Ethan. Yeah, yeah, go. Before you finish, I have to start this topic with a cover song. Please. Now we're talking about boils. 
boils. They're all over my chest. Um, thank you so much, Jackie, so, and um, and I'll be Venmoing you for every episode from now on. Okay. So just you can start every segment on this podcast. Yes, with I a am available song. for a nominal fee. I am available. What are these things? What's happening here? You know, there's a difference between a boil, which is actually an infected, an infection, right? Like uh, usually it's a staph infection and a cyst. So what he mm-hmm. had in this seatosystoma, which is real rare, you get so many of these little tiny cysts. And they sometimes they just look like little tiny bumps. Frankly, I found that women are much more even distressed than guys. But he was great. Like you said, now he can go shirtless and all of this. And they're just these little tiny cysts. And we have to, you know, just sort of open them up and squeeze them out the way you saw her do it. And then a boil, Ethan, is a little different. A boil, in my experience, a lot of times it starts because you picked at something. Maybe you picked at a pimple. And, and, you know, we don't sanitize our hands before we pick. So a lot of times boils have that bad kind of bacteria called Staph aureus. And so they just become this red, painful, it looks like a bad pimple. But the problem is that when they've got that Staph aureus in there, you've really got to get to the doctor. Usually we want to drain it, start on antibiotics, because a real small percentage of people can actually then get that staph, that bad infection, even into their blood. So boils are an acute problem. You're not going to stay with a boil a few years before you go to the dermatologist. You got to take care of that or go to urgent care to start. Um, And there was different types of liquid or fluid coming out of these boils or bumps or whatever you want to call it. Beautiful ribbons of many colors. I felt like I was watching Joseph the Amazing Tentacular Dreamcoat. (laughs) Yeah. So what are, what were the different liquids and, and why? Right. So it's really sort of all different variations of sebum, right? The oils that our sebaceous glands make, because these are true cysts of the sebaceous glands, Mm. but it could depend on if there was a hair with around that sebaceous gland, then a lot of times that sebum is going to be a lot thicker and you see that ribbon like stuff. Sometimes we ourselves can't help poking at it, or maybe we took a hot shower before we came in, and some of it's a lot more liquidy. Maybe wow. the you know the area that was a little bit warmer looks a little more liquidy. Uh, it, they're sort of fun for the doctor because the multi-form is that you know they come in all shapes and forms. Not only how they look, but when we go into them what we extrude from them. But don't do this at home. I do want to say that. Right. Because then you could get a boil I have a prop. if you do that. You know, you could get an oh, infection. I have done. a prop. This is one of the boils being being cleaned out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. It was. It reminded me of the Olympics, like one of the floor exercises with the ribbon <laughs> yes. billowing out. It was very, it was very artistic. Ethan, um, could you handle yeah. that, or was it nasty for you? Because I love it. Like Dr. No, Loretta was, was saying, it was satisfying for me. Yeah, yeah, I was into it. It was weird. like, And, and it was one of those things that going into the show, I thought everything about this show is going to gross me out. This is going to be mm-hmm. a real rough road for me. Um, and and no, I mean, I think, but I think it's also because I understood the backstory going into it. I think that helped me a lot to know like, oh, this is helping this person so much Mm -hmm. and they want to get rid of this so bad. And then once you see it come out, whether it's that huge lipoma 
which, you know, if you just showed me like surgery type footage, I'd be like, Jackie, get your phone out of my face. What's going on here? You know, but understanding. And I would zoom in and make you look at it even closer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm at a party and you're doing that, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is way too much for me. Get the hell out of here. But understanding like, oh, my God, this is such a stress for her. This has been so hard. Um, that made it, I could enjoy it. Then I was in, in. a way it's a makeover right. show as well. Right. Yes. Totally. You could see yes. every person, their face lit up. They glowed their confidence. The first woman, I believe her name's Melissa. What a beauty. She just glowed. You could tell as soon as that thing was off her, yep. I was like, wow, she looks radiant. Mm-hmm. And she kept doing that look like behind her, like. Yeah, she kept doing a shoulder. Oh, my God. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yes. that made me really happy. Okay, so the other one is the keloids, which I had never heard of before. So right. can you tell us a little bit about that? Not everyone will form a keloid, but some people are just a little more predisposed to them. They're probably most common in dermatology offices mm-hmm. after ear piercing. And uh, people sort of come in almost looking like they have an earring, like a big blob of an earring, but it turns out that it's a keloid. Uh, I think that, you know, she also did a wonderful job with that. Sometimes I will say that there's one uh, sort of aftercare that she didn't mention. Sometimes after we've done the surgery, we will see the patient back. And sometimes we'll inject in a little bit of cortisone in the site of the surgery to really break down any scar tissue that might be trying to reform. But, you know, again, this is just something that I think was so important to this patient. And Ethan, you know, when you talked about the tears, I have to tell you, I got some tears of joy seeing these stories of people who somehow didn't think that they'd have the access to care. And then they were treated with such dignity and really such expertise. And it, it, I mean, I've gone from sort of thinking, gee whiz, is this a show that could gross people out to thinking this is a wonderful show about humanity. And also, I have to say as a dermatologist, you know, partially I chose dermatology because we can make people feel so much better about their self-image so often with a simple procedure, you know, not to say that Dr. Lee doesn't do some more complicated procedures, but so many things, the keloids are a a common thing that we see in the office or not uncommon. And most dermatologists are excellent at removing them. Um, It's just, it's a beautiful thing to uh, see sort of to have that uh, exposure for people to understand what we dermatologists do. I think I have to say, especially because so much of dermatology now seems to be more focused on, oh, did you get your Botox or, you know, hey, how much sunscreen did you put on? But there's a lot of procedures that we do that I think really enrich people's lives. Well, just think of how many people are probably watching with something on their body right now and they're embarrassed and they're scared and they watch this show and they go, you know what? I have that. And that wasn't scary at all. I'm going to go get this looked at. So it's it's probably a, sending a ripple effect out into the world. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like that the, the, Dr. Pimple Popper, even the name is like a way in for people of like, oh, this is a guilty pleasure of mine, or I'm curious about this. But yeah, you're right. It has this completely underground, under the radar uh, 
yeah, just like self-help or like you said, uh, uh, like a, like a makeover type show where it's truly just, yeah, mm -hmm. changing how these people see themselves, which can impact every aspect of their lives. It's really moving. So I approve of it. How do I get to go see her? I need to come up with a reason. I mean... Right, she's in California, right? Oh, I've, Isn't she I've in Googled California? her office way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's first not, of all, believe she, it or not, hard to get an appointment with her. Yeah, that makes I've sense. I've checked, I've looked I have, into it. I have two options for you. Obviously, one might be the smoother approach, which is invite her on your podcast. I think that's a perfect huh. fit. Yeah. Number yeah. two, um, fake a huge lipoma. So we mm -hmm. can, this is LA, Jackie, where there's a lot of makeup pe people around. Yes. You yes. know, special effects, <laughs> stuff like that. And we can just make one that's like twice the size of the one that we saw. And I mean, she's got to take that appointment. That's going to that's gonna boost ratings. She will kick me out and uh, ban me for life from her practice. But it'll be worth it just to get in the door and waste her valuable time. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then time heals all wounds. So then you wait like a few years yes. <laughs> and you email her and be like, listen, I made a mistake, but I've grown. And I think we should have yes. lunch. And then she will say block. <laughs> you are locked. locked. <laughs> um, speaking of your podcast, uh, Jackie, it's called Natch Butte. I mean, obviously, everyone should listen to it. But if there's anything else you want to tell people about, please do so. I just did a collab with this really wonderful little artisanal essential oil body care product line called Source Vital Apothecary based out of Houston, Texas. And Ooh. we just did a body care trio. It's a Natch Butte collab called the Kooky Southern Ant Collection. I do identify <laughs> as a Kooky Southern Ant. Uh -uh. We have an ass oil, an ass scrub, <laughs> and a, a deodorant. And Whoa. it says ass oil and ass scrub, but it really is for your whole body. But I just feel, as we've discussed, our asses deserve more attention. <laughs> yep. We sit on them all day. As Dr. Sure. Loretta said, they're aging slowly. We They deserve a little anointing. They deserve a little attention. So everybody listening, go oil up your ass and tell your ass that you're grateful for it today. <laughs> That's the other thing I have going on right now is the Kooky Southern Ant Nashville Collection. So go check that out. Great. Yeah, I love that. Um, Dr. Loretta, something you want to tell people about? Well, I... Um... I am always around. You can find me on social at Dr. Loretta Durham. And recently they've started to uh, have some of my posts on uh, at, let me see, Instagram at Good Morning America. And I like to give a lot of good advice about how to take care of your skin. Excellent. Well, thank you guys both. I feel like 10 minutes have gone by, but somehow we're out of time. Um, but I, I do appreciate you taking the time to watch the show and to be here on this program. And uh, and hopefully we can speak again about some other uh, skin ailment hey, program. If y'all want to have a Dr. Pimple Popper monthly watch club, <laughs> I'm available. Because having Sounds Dr. Great. Loretta explain everything to us, it gives a whole other layer to the show. And Jackie, some of these things like we were talking about are are not uncommon. So who knows? We could develop some shit and then have yes. to talk to Dr. <laughs> Loretta and be like, what is this? I'm afraid to see someone about it. I'm, I'm going to be honest. There's this little spot on my arm. I've Here had it go. my whole life. Like, I'm starting to I'm starting to wonder if Dr. Lee will see me. Here we go. You can live exam. But it's this little white dot. And sometimes I do squeeze it and and stuff does come out. Oh. Um, but it, it, it's been there my whole life. Like, it's been there since I was at least a teenager. Mm, but if it's changing, Jackie, you know what? Text me a picture. Do you think go. this is my or, end? Or send it. Yeah. 
Do you think yeah, this is my yeah, in with yes, Dr. Lee? Definitely, yes. Yes, just so we even get to see her smile, right? Because Great beautiful. smile. I just want to ask her about her hair care routine. <laughs> I agree. So how about this? Since you have something already, Dr. Loretta, maybe you can, like, kind of like a recommendation, you can say, like, this is too advanced for me. I don't understand. I've never seen something like this. <laughs> yes. We need Dr. <laughs> Lee. It's the only we, way. There we go. A referral. <laughs> I agree. Okay, great. Well, okay. thank you both. I'll keep y'all posted. Thank you. Get exclusive science shows, nature documentaries, and more real-life entertainment on Discovery Plus. Go to discoveryplus.com slash goodbadscience to start your seven-day free trial. That's discoveryplus.com slash goodbadscience. The good, the bad, the science, science. credits, credits. Hosted and produced by Ethan Inberg. Executive producer, Brett Kushner. Supervising producer, Emily Feld. Producer, Darby Rose. Editor, Michael Feld. Talent Booker, Samantha Barella. Post coordinator, Jason McCann. And research PA, Ali Rudenstein.